Now it's time for a breakdown. You're listening to Gap to Gap, brought to you by The Breakdown. Three, two. Pebbles drill deep to left field. Going back choice. Looking up. See ya. 3,000. History with an exclamation point. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Swing and a drive to deep right, away back, goal! Jason Giambi has done it! What is up? It is the Jackie Robinson episode, episode number 42, the the greatest to ever wear the number. Uh, I'm not even entertaining the fact that you're going to come at me with Mariano Rivera, seven, so. I mean, it's... That's a loaded question because I can't like I feel like that's hinging on racism if I said that. I I love both. I'll put it that way. There are great players on both sides. Exactly. They're, they're <laughs> both amazing at what they do or what they did. Uh, two great number forty twos. Nobody ever going to do it again. Uh, so the Jackie Robinson episode, and we're underway. As here we go. Um. If you're listening to this, that means that you've sur- survived uh, the corona pandemic at this point. Yep. So pro- so props to you. Um, props snaps. to us. Snaps. Snaps. Snaps for coronas. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, I'm drinking Bud Light, not Corona today. Um, but, you know, we're back at it. We're rocking. We're rolling. We're ready to go. Uh, the Mariners will not be back at it. They will be playing their first two home series uh, in Arizona as, they, as the governor of the state of Washington saying – uh, the crowd ban is is going to be in effect in the state. Uh, likely, I, I, I think this is a good move, actually, especially considering uh, the Seattle Dragons of the XFL played a game uh, with a concession vendor who te- who tested positive for Corona. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of teams, I think actually this should be done across baseball. Just stay in your spring training home if you're not going to play in front of the fans. Um, and we'll dive into that in a second, but I think – for sure, for the Mariners, it's the right move. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they really had much of a choice, especially considering what just happened with the XFL. Um, and also, I feel like the West Coast in general is just like a hotbed right now. And maybe yeah. it's because it originated in China, but um, I think more teams are going to follow suit with this. The Houston mayor came out and said that they're prepared to not have any pro sports in Houston for the month of March. Um, so that would probably leave for what, like five to six games for baseball when it starts next week or in two weeks? Um, um, I got to see, is Houston even at home? I don't know. I th- I, I'm just speaking, like, logistically in terms of, you know, how vague it was saying just in March. Um, yeah. But they could p- potentially be staying in Arizona as well at their spring training facility. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's weird, and it's going to be strange, too, because I feel like we're going to – we're going to have more fans at spring training games than we do at actual regular season games at the rate this fucking thing is going. Yeah, it's it's wild to think about. Also, uh, there would be four games for the Astros. Okay. Yeah, so they, they, they're at home the 26th to the 29th. So, 
four games would be on the hot seat there. Yeah. And, man, it's it stinks because, you know, I feel like I want to, like, the hard-ass in me wants to be like, oh, if you're, you know, if you're sick, stay home, just be fucking smart about it. But you and I both know there's a lot of people that aren't smart about it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is probably the right move. Yeah, because I think for as many people like you and I that believe that we're smart enough to say we would stay home, uh, to your point, all the idiots out there who either A, just don't give a fuck, or B, aren't washing their hands regularly, there's going to be some contamination. So I get it. I understand it. I, I mean, honestly, this little spin zone here. Imagine if the Astros didn't get caught with the cheating scandal and they had to play these games in front of no one and we could hear the trash can clear as day. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. I mean, it it wouldn't have lasted. It wouldn't last past the four games or whatever if they were still in Houston. Yeah. It was an empty stadium. But, um, yeah, it's it's something to think about. So it's going to be weird, man. It's going to be weird. It's going to be like watching that – what was it, the Orioles and the White Sox? Yeah, we talked about that on an earlier episode of Gap to Gap. It's just wild. Ugh, my gosh. Yeah. The it's... Orioles and the White Sox played a game. And I actually just talked about it on my sportscaster stream um, before we hopped on here. That it, All these games are just going to make me think back to that sportscaster. Or no, wow, that Orioles and White Sox game where they played in front of no fans because of the Baltimore riots. Yep. Sad. Yeah, it's just weird, man. It's like you can hear everything. Um, in that sense, it's kind of cool, actually. I like it in that sense. It's cool. Like It's weird, too, though. Like I, I was watching a spring training game earlier today, uh, Marlins and the Yankees, and they mic'd up uh, the second baseman of the Marlins. His name escapes me. He's, I think he's a rookie. But it was just awkward listening to him like because you could tell like he's not used to people being able to hear him except for his teammates. Mm-hmm. So imagine that. But now not we VR, hear... not VR, is it? No, it wasn't VR. Isan uh, Diaz. Isan Diaz. That's who it was. But and he also was cursing, which was fucking hilarious. Because that's it was great. A feed. Um, that's great. But like that's the, that's what we're going to hear. Like it's going to be this weird like we're going to have that access to go under the hood and really hear what these guys are saying. And that's part of it. That's part of the game that I don't want ruined for me, if that makes right. sense. Ga- galaxy brain here. <laughs> um, galaxy brain. The the mic'd up uh, thing that everybody fell in love with during spring training, it was just setting us up for this. Because now you're going to hear everything. Yeah, maybe. Honestly, <laughs> if, if that's true, then that is just hindsight is... 2020 looking back now in the words of john gruden hindsight is 50 50 exactly so um all right so when we look at the landscape of of the mlb are there any teams that haven't announced this yet that they're going to stay in in the in their spring training home that maybe should um i think just being from mass and seeing the panic here um with all these companies around me and harvard and some of the colleges closing I'd be surprised if the Red Sox didn't entertain. Has Harvard uh, has Harvard stayed? Are they closed yet? Yeah, they're closed, man. They're closed. Okay, they're telling uh, they're telling like, kids not to come back. Yeah, there's like six schools in Ohio that are the same way. Yeah, and uh, the NEAC fucking mumbo jumbo conference. The uh, I mean, D three conference near you. I hope I was hoping you would know it. Oh yeah, um, the New England. Uh, oh shit. 
I don't know the whole thing. It's I know what you're talking about though. The, the, it's like a New England. It's a New England D3 concert conference has canceled all spring athletics. Okay. Yeah. And practices. So think about you're a young kid, you're a freshman who hasn't experienced college baseball yet, and then you just get the fucking axe for your season. Yeah, or so even tough. worse, your senior season. Yeah, sophomores and juniors. I mean, it's fine. You can redshirt. But man, it just sucks. And now we, uh, I mean, we're going on a scope outside of baseball, March Madness, NFL draft on the cusp. Um, I well, know the draft should honestly, like, I wouldn't care too much if they did anything with that. Yeah, but still. No, it's it's uh, the March Madness is going to be strange. That's going to be really strange, especially listening to guy like Gus Johnson is just going to be screaming into an empty auditorium. <laughs> Shot at the buzzer! Got it! And listen to this crowd. Yeah, but it's just going to be like that one guy from that Family Guy episode in the stands just clapping by himself. Exactly. Oh, man. It's it's just kind of... It's sad, honestly. And, you know, hopefully they they find a way to curtail this disease before... Uh, and, I, you know, it sucks that we're looking at it from the sports angle and, and saying... You know, it sucks because of sports, because it sucks for a whole bunch of other reasons. Yeah. But, but sports is a big part of it, and, you know, like, this is supposed to be the escape. This is the entertainment. This is what, you know, people enjoy to take their mind off of things like this, and now we we can't even have that, and it's true fashion, so. <sighs> it's upsetting. All right, let's, any other comments on the coronavirus here? I will say this, and this is my seat geek question of the day to you. Do you think we'll see more games played at spring training facilities in the first month than we would at home ballparks? Across the league. Across the league, because they still have two weeks to figure it out if they want to actually stay down there. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say there's more games played in home ballparks, but I will say they'll be on the upwards of a third of the league playing their games at home ballpark but it will be or at the spring training ballparks and then let's say let's say it's 10 and 20 you know what i mean yep spring training versus home ballparks what do you think on that i'm i'm in the same boat with you i think at at the end of the day they're going to try to get back to their home ballparks as much as they can or as soon as they can just based on how much money they're going to lose if they stay down there but if they do stay down there and let's say you're a mariners fan and you want to go see the seattle mariners play live in person down in arizona SeatGeek can make that process simple and stress-free. You can check out the SeatGeek app in the Apple and Google Play stores and download the app today. With tickets to your favorite sporting events like Spring Training Volume 2, the sequel, music, comedy, theater, more, nothing beats getting your favorite teams and seeing them in person. And you might want to use this app more than ever now because Spring Training facilities are like glorified Little League fields. So I would want to make sure I have a seat to see my favorite team play down in Arizona in the Cactus League at that shithole stadium. So make sure to download the app, put in our code BREAKDOWN, that's B-R-K-D-W-N, BREAKDOWN for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, and go see those shitty Mariners play in front of their shitty fans at that shitty field. Cactus League 2 Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Man. Uh, first of all, hell of an ad read out of you. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm warming up. Love it. Love it. Um, speaking of 
uh, I don't even know what we're speaking of, but Shohei Otani getting <laughs> special exemption from Major League Baseball. Uh, in the words you put it, he gets unlimited options for the year. Do you want to explain this? Because I, ge- I guess I'm still confused at it. So I'm still confused, too. And the way that it was explained to me via Harold Reynolds on MLB Network, and not to me personally, we're not, we're not on that level yet, but... You guys should be. I know. It would be fucking awesome. Um, but what he was saying is essentially what's going to happen, and this is only designated for Otani at this point, is Otani is able to pitch, um, but in between those rest days, because he I, ideally the Angels don't want to have him play every single day. Like pitch, let's say he goes seven innings one day. They're not going to have him in the lineup the next day or the day after most likely. He'll probably be playing every two days in the lineup and then pitch when they need him to. Um, but in those days off, rather than have him wait on the bench or be a pinch hitter or in that nature, they have the option now to send him down to the minor leagues and purchase the contract of another minor leaguer to bring up to keep his seat warm. And they can do this all season. So That's re- so weird to me. Th- this is why it's so stupid, though. It's Again, Manfred's just dropping the ball. Um, MLB went to an effort to make the rosters – easier to navigate for managers by adding that extra spot for the 26-man rosters. And that was really made to help NL teams more than anything when you think about it. But in the grand scheme of things, like so the Angels essentially now have a 27-man roster should they choose to. Because yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, if Otani's not pitching, he's on the bench. You can bring him into pinch hit. But that Joe Madden's problem of learning how to deal with having a two-way player shouldn't be the rest of the league's problem now when they face the fucking Angels because this affects scouting reports, this affects, you know, minor leaguers not knowing whether they should be ready or, I mean, they should always be ready, but not knowing who's going to get picked up or who's going to be shut down. It, it affects so much more than just Otani, and that's the issue I have with it because yeah. now any team can say, oh, I designate this guy as a two-way player – and I don't know what the minimum is for what they have to pitch or how often they have to pitch, but it's pretty damn easy if you're a team and just say, oh, well, he, I'm going to have him pitch next week, so he's, he's going to be a two-way player at that point. And then just to gain an extra roster spot, I think that's, you're going to see some shenanigans played out right now. Um, not as bad as the Astros, but there's going to be – and it's not cheating either because it's in the rule book right now, but I think this is going to blow up in MLB's face. And then let's let's build off that even further – is there a certain number of at-bats that designates you as a two-way player? See, that's what I want to know because the player... Because why, on... why, why wouldn't I just mark every, you know, uh, what's the saying, Tom, Dick, and Harry, mm-hmm. as a two-way player to just have this flexibility? Well, I think that's only inclusive for one spot right now is how I am understanding it because, to your point, if they were to do that for every man on the roster and essentially turn every major league roster into like a senior roots team where anyone can hit and pitch, um, then that would be an issue. So I love a good senior Ruth reference. uh, It's every night you have to, (laughs) you have to go there. But when you think about it like that, I think having one play, even having one player per team is, is too much because there's someone on the reds. I forget his name. He's also technically a two way player. He pitches and plays the field for them. Um, but he even had an issue with it. He was basically saying this is one of the most bullshit rules I've seen come out. Um, yeah. Out of everything Manfred's done for the rule changes going into this year, this might be the most damning that's not getting talked about. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree. I, I'm just, I don't know. I think 
This is a weird, weird rule to me, and I don't like it. I don't think it's the right move. Just keep him. Like you literally are gifted a um, a, a two way player. You you're gifted a a guy that can play both. You don't need to create a special rule for him. No, and I... the only here's the thing. The only thing that I think you could justify creating a rule for him is then you'd be able is is having him or any other two way players that come up. Uh, let them adopt the college iteration of the DH rule, mm-hmm. which I don't know if you know that off the top of your head. No, but so, oh no 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 wait I, I so, so, I, so I, the, I know what you're saying. The pitcher can be his own DH. Yeah. So just for the sake of it, Shohei Otani's his own DH. Then you know after the sixth, sh- uh, you go get I can't I don't know any Ash or uh, Angels relievers off the top of my head. Um, Cody Allen was an was yeah. a reliever last year. You go get Cody Allen out of the out of the bullpen, but Shohei Otani stays the DH. That is the college iteration and now high school iteration mm-hmm. of the DH rule. Um, and I think that's if you're going to make rule exceptions, that's the only way you can make one. Yeah, I think you're right. I again, this is this rule, and uh, not, I'm really not surprised that Joe Madden. This rule went into effect when Joe Madden's the manager. Just oh you know, yeah, of course. Wink, wink, Joe. We see you. <laughs> we uh, see you, Joe. <laughs> but this is gonna blow up in in their face. The MLB. And yeah. Just, and before you know it, it's gonna be. And I think you said it earlier. It's gonna be exploited to the point where every team's just gonna start claiming they have a two-way player um, because you can cheat the system as as, as much as you want. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So moving on from Otani uh, to Francisco Lindor. Uh, Lindor closing contract negotiations for the year with the Indians, uh, saying basically we just couldn't come to a a, a legitimate number. Um, so I'm not even going to talk about it. I'm going to focus on the year, which I think is the right move. If you're gonna if you're gonna focus, I don't I don't want contract negotiations taking away from it. Mm-hmm. The problem is he's claiming that he proposed a a, a, a contract or a contract. Uh, that he's asking for would give the Indians a $120 million payroll with him being breaded up in there. I don't know how for how long. I don't know what it looks like. But I don't think $120 million for a team is uh, that outrageous. No. I. So here's my issue with this whole saga is the Indians pointed – or it, it's been reported that the Indians pointed to – Yelich's new deal as essentially not like a starter, but basically as a comparable destination to where they wanted to go with the contract. Mm-hmm. And Lindor basically said, no, that's not good enough for me. Which he, I agree with. And he's right enough to say that. He knows his worth more than they do. He's the guy, he's playing all the games. They're just paying him to do so. Um, what I'm curious though is if, so I, I understand why Lindor is closing talks now. It's a leverage play. Um, at this point, he's probably fed up, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Indians get off to a horrible start that they try to trade him. Sorry, Tommy. You're um, probably not wrong. But I get why he's doing it, and I, it's fine. That's like the player's own interest. But my whole thing goes back to the contract. Why wouldn't the Indians, knowing that they're probably not going to have him past you know, the next two, three years with an extension in place, without an extension in place, why wouldn't you just 
offer him like what Arenado got from Colorado with an option very early in that contract to let him leave if he wants to. And if not, you got him at a bargain deal back, you know, five years prior to when the deal would be deemed, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like cheap, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So for me, 120, I'm bringing it up right now. This is according to Sp- uh, Sp- Spot Track. I spot, yeah, Spot, spot Track. track. Yep. Um, 120 for this year would put them in a tie or just below the Chicago White Sox. Still below league average of 130 million, but the White Sox are currently at 120.7 million. Um, the Indians are currently 25th in payroll at 83 million. Which eh, the Indians expect to contend at 83 million. So that's a double-edged sword because we've seen teams do it at less, like the Rays have done it. I mean, the Rays have $56 million, which is just absurd. It's absurd when you think about it. But it's also it's a testament to the Rays knowing – because their, their roster is never the same year in, year out. The Fair. Indians are in this weird situation where, for the most part – and you can definitely correct me if I'm wrong because you watch the team closer than I do for sure. But for the most part, it feels like the Indians have had the same nucleus – for the past five, six years. Ish. Yeah. yeah. But they're now getting to that point where they realize these players are worth more than what they've been paid and they want to test free agency and they want to get their money. And it's becoming just a giant JG Wentworth fuck fest in the Indians clubhouse because it's their money and they want it now and they don't know how to fucking deal with it because unlike the Rays, the Indians don't have the foresight to make these trades way in advance of when they need to to keep recycling talent through that system. So they're at a logjam now where they have to figure out what to do. They did it with Kluber earlier. Kluber was essentially, he had to go and he knew it and the Indians knew it, so it was more of an easier But the problem is made. they haven't invested that $18 million they saved. Exactly, and that's the issue because they don't know how to invest it and they didn't do it smart enough and now Lindor knows that he's worth more than what they want they want to pay him. So this it's just egg on their face. And this is where teams with small payrolls need to be smart. The Rays are the best example I can think of. The Royals, when they were in their groove from 2013 to like 2015, I know there was only a couple years, but they were dominant. Um, Teams that are smart with money that are in smaller markets know how to keep recycling talent through the system. And the Indians, for whatever reason, waited too long, and now they're hitting the panic button a little bit. Yeah. And so I guess, man, it's just so frustrating to me because – you have a face of the league in Francisco Lindor. Yep, smile of the and league, too. Smile of the league, face of the league, t- one of the top talents in the league. And now, you know, Indians president coming out today and saying the, t- the team made a, quote, sincere effort to lock him into an extension. Lindor has said in the past that he prioritizes winning, but I know his, but I know my value. Um, to me, I think I've said it on the podcast before. If not, I've definitely said it to people that have asked. Lindor is, is is gone, whether it be via trade or via free agency. He's yeah. done, and and he's just posturing himself. He's saying the right things. He's saying it. He's, he's making this very clear that when he leaves, it's going to be on the Dolans, not on him. Yeah, and he's also he's giving the Indians an out right now, and I know it would break every Cleveland fan's heart if they traded him. But he's given the Indians a fresh time to not rebuild, 
but adopt that model of recycling because you could get a king's ransom for him if you traded him now or if you traded him in the offseason before all this came out. The problem with that, though, is that if they do that, it you're punting on this season in March. Right. I Well, yeah, the Indi- from the that Indians optic, do yeah. Not, the Indians do not contend this year without Francisco Lindor. No, you're 100% and they sti- right. They still may not contend. You're 100% right, but that's also what the Red Sox have to deal with with the whole Mookie Betts saga. Yeah. And the Red Sox, as, as much as I can't stand them, I applaud them for making the right move because who's to say after they trim payroll after this season, they, they can go back to Mookie and say, hey, we can't give you what you were asking for, but we have a good young team on the rise if you want to come back. We'll give you that option here to, to roll with us for a few years to see if it's a fit, and if not, you can go again. Like, that should be an easy conversation to have with Lindor behind closed doors and tell him, Hey, we want to make sure that you're in the best position to win. We want to make sure that you're taken care of. We can't take care of you right now, but we could trade you. And then down the line, if you're interested, we'd love to renegotiate or I don't know how they would say it. And, and obviously nothing's set in stone at that point anyway, but you have to just look at it through the lens of, am I building around a team or am I building around one player? And if you build around yeah. one player, that's where you start to get into these sticky situations. Yeah, and I get that for sure. Um, I just, I, I think right now, Francisco Lindor, you know, being the millennial superstar he is, he's hyper aware of the reputation he has in Cleveland and he's hyper aware <laughs> of how Cleveland views people that chase the money. They viewed Jim Tomey as a villain. They viewed Albert Bell as a villain. Mm-hmm. Until he came back, LeBron was a villain. Yeah. And he doesn't want that image, so he's saying all the right things right now. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I see right through it. He's He's gone. He doesn't want to be here because he knows what the ownership's about. No, it's true because if you look at the flip side, like the Yellish deal that just happened. It's um, possible to get done. Yelich made it possible for other players in small markets to do it, but Yelich was just a very unique situation where he was also coming off of a, a an extension he signed with Miami prior to that, so he wasn't getting paid dimes on the dollar like most of these superstars have been. So he had a unique situation. So like for everyone comparing this to the Yelich situation, it's a lot different based on the money that Yelich had already made in the league. Yeah. Um, the other aspect of that too is management. The Brewers front office, the way Yelich and them got to a deal, it seems like there's a better relationship between player and front office than with Cleveland. Because from what, everything you've told me since we started doing this podcast and everything I've read, the Dolans definitely do not put the players first. Absolutely. So it creates that image. And if you're on the Indians, if you're drafted, if you're playing for them and you're just trying to get the free agency, I would expect, unless it's a, it's a very unique situation, you're most likely going to test free agency. Yeah, um, and just to, to, to focus on the fact that fans are fed up right now, and I'm not sure if it's fed up with the, uh, the Dolans or with the MLB for setting this schedule or a combination of both, but the Indians' home opener on March 26th is still not sold out by a good 4,000 tickets. Oh, wow. Um. And, again, granted, Cleveland in late March, not exactly a tropical vacation destination, <laughs> but opening day is, is you know, 
you know it as well as I do, it's low-key a holiday. It really is. And, I mean, and for, I, I've taken off every every day from work for the last, like, five, six years for opening day. And for it to not be sold out at this point, like, like the last few years it sells out in minutes. And now mm-hmm. we're pushing two, three weeks of it not being sold out. And it's it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... But that's, I mean, that's the pitfalls of, of knowing that your front office is not a great front office. Yeah, and I, I truly wonder if it's more on uh, the, the the MLB for scheduling the Indians at home on March 26th, or if it's on the Dolans for, you know, not spending and, and coming into the season with an $83 million payroll. No, it's definitely, I, I, it's definitely on, on the front office in that case. You were saying it, I mean, for opening day... For the home team, it's a holiday. Like you want to be at the game, you want to be there. It's, it's the christening of the new season. So I can't. Yeah, I don't care how cold it is. If I can get a ticket to an opening day baseball game, I'm going to go. That's true. I actually do have tickets to that game, and hopefully, uh, I do not have to deal with uh, coronavirus. That's true. Uh, shaking it out because your boy's trying to be in the club in the club seats that day and smash Ooh. on the food. There you go. Um, but let me ask you. Uh, have you checked out uh, the the brand new the breakdown store through T Public? I haven't. Why don't you tell me and the viewers about that? Uh, so if you haven't, then now is the time. We got a brand new logo, brand new branding on a bunch of new merchandise, and if you, there's never been a better time to check out T Public than right now. For the next week, we're running a sale in the store up to thirty five percent off on all your favorite T-shirts, long sleeve baseball tees, hoodies more there's never been a better time to check it out check it out today at bit.ly slash the breakdown store that's bit.ly slash the the brkdwn store all sales benefit the creating artist and by using our link we get a small portion of the profit as well that's bit.ly slash the brkdwn store check it out today seven um let me ask you another question. Um, how many uh, McChickens could a million dollars buy you? That's a million McChickens, right? That's a million McChickens. And if you're trying to get breaded up like some chicken tenders, uh, you got to check out MLB's The Vault. This is not a paid ad, but it's just a fun little thing that MLB is doing. And I kind of made it sound like an ad read, so I kind of regret that now. Oh, but um, The Vault, MLB.com slash the dash vault. Um, Predict who will lead the decade 2020 to 2029 in nine categories. Highest score brings home a million McChickens. Mm. Uh, that's a million dollars. You have to buy the McChickens yourself. Yeah. Um, so let's go through and uh, cast our baseball or our gap to gap ballot for the vault. Now, we'll start with home runs. There's a lot of uh, candidates here. I'm going to run through them quick. Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr., Joe O'Dell, Pete Alonso, Jordan Alvarez, Nolan Arenado, Javi Baez, Josh Bell, Cody Bellinger, Mookie, B- Mookie Betts, Bo Bichette, Alex Bredman, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Rafael Devers, Joey Gallo, Vladdy Jr., Bryce Harper, uh, Keston Hiera, Eloy Jimenez, Aaron Judge, Max Kepler, Frankie Lindor, Manny Machado, Austin Meadows, Yon Makata, Matt Olson, Jock Peterson, Franmil Reyes, Luis Robert, Gary Sanchez, Miguel Sano, Kyle Schwarberg, Jorge Soler, Juan Soto, George Springer, Giancarlo Stanton, Trevor Story, Eugenio Suarez, <gasps> Fernando Tatis, Glaber Torres, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich. Take a breath. Yeah. Um, my vote's a homer. But I'm willing to discuss. 
Okay. So I have my vote's also a homer, and I'm willing to discuss. Um, is yours Aaron Judge? No. Who is it? Glaver Torres. Ooh. Okay. My vote is not Francisco Lindor. It is Franmil Reyes, La Mole. Ooh. I, actually, I like that one. I am all the way in on La Mole. I like it. I'm all the way in on Glaber, and I'll start. Let's, com- let's reason- compare numbers here. So the reason I'm saying Glaber is how young he is and how many home runs he hit last year and how many home runs he potentially could hit if he averages, you know, 75% of what he hit last year for the next nine years. Okay, so Torres is coming into his age 23 season. Yep. Um, he hit 38 homers last year. In 2018, 18 hit 24. Franmil Reyes is entering his age 24 season. Last year, in a combination of San Diego and Cleveland, he hit 37 homers, has a career total of 53 after playing bits of two se- or one uh, half season, or I'm sorry, 87 games in 2018. And 150 last year. Glaber uh, played 123 in 2018 and 144 last year. Mm-hmm. So Glaber is probably the right pick here. So the reason I say that is to that point too of just how many home runs he could average in 162 games. He's also playing in a big hitters park. Oh yeah, that's that's a huge aspect of it, and. I don't know, I don't have a crystal ball, but also that's the point of this whole little experiment here with the vault. If he stays in New York and he has 314 down both lines, right and left, yeah, um, there's a good shot that he could get, he could average 30 home runs a year. And that's not taking into account those, because he's still not in his prime. He's only going to be 23. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing is if we... If he continues to hit like this barring injury, um, and we're getting into when he's like 26, 27, the prime of his career, and he can average 30 to 35 home runs a year, which I think is totally doable for this guy. I think you're looking at a guy that, A, is probably going to end up with 500-plus home runs by the end of his career, and B, will probably (laughs) be leading this whole vault, you know, whatever the fuck you want to call it, this whole vault category for home runs after nine years because he's only going to keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Not to put too much stock into spring training stats, um, but right now Glaber is sitting on one homer, six RBI in 25 spring at-bats, an OPS of 601, and that's against... So uh, Baseball Reference does a cool little tool where they uh, give your opponent quality, 10 being MLB, 8 is AAA, 7 is double, 5 is... Oh, excuse me, A ball and below. Mm-hmm. Uh, so off of a 7.3 quality opponent, he's hitting 200, uh, 241 on base, 360 slugging, 601 OPS. Fran Meal against 7.3, so same same quality in 27 at-bats, has hit five homers, batting 444, oh, on base of 483, Slugging 1.148, OPS of 1.631. Hmm. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if Fran Meal drops 40 this year. 
I could see it. I could also see Glaber dropping 40 as well. Yeah, I agree. I think Glaber's the vote because of Yankee Stadium. Um, but Fran Meal wouldn't surprise me one bit. True. I mean, both are good picks. You can't go wrong. But I would love to hear what everyone else is thinking because I'm sure there's going to be the usual suspects of people not realizing this is over nine years that are just going to pick like Stanton yep. and Judge and all these guys that are, you know, either injury prone or heading into like their 30s in the next couple seasons. Yep. All right. Uh, next category is hits. Acuna, Albies, Altuve, Alvarez, Anderson, or Arenado, uh, Luis Arias, Javi, Bellinger, Mookie, Bichette, Bogarts, Bregman, Castellanos, Devers, Wander Franco, Freddie Freeman, Vladdy Jr., uh, Hiera, Jimenez, Frankie, Gavin Lux, Machado, uh, Nick Madrigal, Cattell Marte, uh, Jeff McNeil, Austin Meadows, Mancada, Adalberto Mondesi, Jorge Polanco, Rendon, Brian Reynolds, uh, Victor Robles, Omed Rosario, Corey Seager, Juan Soto, Story, Tatis, Torres, Trout, Trey Turner, Christian Yelich. Hmm. Hits is an interesting one. See, I think there's an automatic that's just going to – I would be surprised if, like, more than 50% of the population doesn't agree with me on this one. Who do you got? Wander Franco. Uh, Okay, that's where I was leaning. I think the question is how quickly is he going to kickstart because he's only 19. I know, and that's why I'm taking him because they're projecting him to be at the MLB level this year at some point. Yeah, so I'm cool with with Franco. Uh, All right, moving on. uh, Wins for a pitcher. Uh, Bauer, Berrios, Bieber, Bueller, Baumgartner, Luis Castillo, Clevenger, Garrett Cole, DeGrom, Flaherty, Freed, uh, Diavi, Diavi? How you, this is a Yankee. What oh, you got Davey Garcia. Gar- What's that? Garcia, Davey, yeah. Diavi? Davy. Diavi, Garcia, Giolito, Glasnow, Mackenzie Gore, uh, Kershaw, Kopech, German Marquez, Dustin May, McCullers, Casey Mize, Frankie Montas, Aaron Nola, Odorizzi, Otani, uh, Paddock, Pearson, Eduardo Rodriguez, Chris Sale, Sixto Sanchez, which is a fucking awesome name, Severino, <laughs> Snell, Mike Soroka, Strasburg, Syndergaard, Jose Urquidy, uh, Forrest Whitley, and Brandon Woodruff. And this is the win stat, so I know meaningless stat, but um, I don't know here this is questionable for me so for this one i would honestly probably take bauer um really because bauer's 29 i know but i think that guy can pitch at a high level because he's super in tune with like his workout regimen he's an analytics fiend he knows how to stay healthy so aside from flying fucking drones but i know that this guy like takes it very seriously and playing on the Reds in the National League now with the Reds rebuilding that team into honestly a pro, like, it's a pretty good lineup now. Um, yeah. So, but here it, can I can I interest you in uh, Dustin May? Uh, I twenty two. I know. I know. I know. Dodgers. I can't. So the reason is like I know I took Franco last on the hits, but the reason I don't like doing this with pitchers is I feel like pitchers are so hit or miss. When, it, when they get to the major leagues. It's either they are who we were promised or they're a shadow of themselves. That's fair, but, I mean, let's see. I want to see who led the led the decade in pitcher wins. It's probably Verlander, right? Has to be. Um, Andy Pettit? 
Oh, that makes a lot of sense, though, too. That doesn't make a ton of sense to me, Wait, from 2009 to... Yeah. uh, That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Oh, wait, no, hold on a second. It doesn't give me... I I landed on an ESPN article, and it, it was misleading. But it makes sense from the standpoint that if you play on a good team, then you're in a better position yes, to get wins. Yes. So that, and I know the Dodgers are a freight train, and I know that May is projected. It's probably Scherzer. Now that I'm looking at it, he led the league four times. Oh, so it's four times Scherzer. in wins. So yeah, it's probably Scherzer. But still, anyway, I like I like Bauer for that. I like I like the May pick, but I just don't love it. I I get very, I get cold feet when I talk about pitchers, you know, being pitching at their full potential right out of the gates. What about Snell? Snell's an interesting one because Tampa Actually, Bay. Actually, here, how about how about Chris Paddock? I was thinking about Paddock, but the reason I don't like it is because the Padres are so inept at building a lineup. And True. I know that they have all these signings and everything, but until I see them like get over eighty-five wins in a season as a team, I I'm just not going to pick one of those guys. All right, we'll we'll stay with that. Um, so we'll stay with Bauer. Most strikeouts. I'm not going to reread these. I'll just say I'm gonna say Garrett Cole. Just you know, again. I think that's fair. I know he's Cole, he's, he's the same age as Bauer, um, but fuck it, I like it. What about what about Paddock for this one? Again, I, I think when a guy gets 300 strikeouts in a season like Cole did, it's tough to argue he's, against it. Yeah. All right. How about uh, team wins? Obviously, just the teams. Okay. Um. This is tricky because this is tough, and, and and I got, I have a I have a theory here. This is tough because of you have to think about it as like a decade. Um, yep. Based on payroll, I'll take the Yankees just because they'll always spend money to compete. So that's fair. I, I feel safe taking that. How about the Rays? Uh, so it's funny because I was leaning towards the Rays, but it's for some reason the Rays remind me of the Rams where like the McVeigh Rams where that's fair. I know, that's a that's a good take. Sooner or later teams are going to catch on to this shit and it's it's just going to it's going to stop. They and do have 7 of the top 100 prospects. They do, but again, the Rams are the youngest team when when McVeigh joined the team and now look All at right. them. That's fair. How about World Series titles? Who um well, yes, I mean, going off the wins, but then again, it's all about who wins. Do, yeah, wins don't translate. Yeah. Um, um, I'll let you go first on this one. I am going to go, I this hurts to say, but the Houston Astros. Oof. With three. Did you hear that? I did. Um, no one saw that coming. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Also, just want to point out an amazing troll job by the Atlanta Braves playing I Saw the Sign yep. when they took the field yep. in spring training the other day. Anyway, um, what is your take here? So I don't want to take – I'm not going to take the Astros because I think – the and it does go to the sign ceiling for my reasoning. I think the Astros are such – it's such a, a tough sell to sell on free agents for the next – you know, two, three years. We're talking That's about true. the whole decade. That's true. I, I got to pivot off them. I want to go to a National League team, but keep thinking. So, I'm honestly, I'm going to say the Yankees. And it goes back to oh, the payroll. Fuck and I know, you. I know, I, I, I feel like a fucking homer right now. 
But I'm saying... They haven't won one in a long time, though. That's, that's the why. Thing. They're fucking due, man, because they can go... So are the Indians. They can go... Hey, well... 27 rings. Uh, fuck. Fuck your 20. No, but I'm serious. If the, the Yankees build with a future in mind. Cashman's... This is how he does it. And All right, hold on a second. How about this one? The White Sox. Oh, shit. I, hmm. I'm going to pivot to the White Sox, actually. That's a, that's a better pick. All right, White Sox are our pick. Uh, MVP awards. So, how old is Mike Trout now? Like 27? Mike Trout is 28. 28. Uh, so is Christian Yelich, by the way. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, ooh. Vladdy Jr. Yeah, because he could put up the home run numbers because Chicks did the long ball. Same with, yes, they same do. with the Raiders, so. Uh, yeah, I like, actually, you know what? Tatis Jr. Ooh, that's a better pick. Better pick. Yep. Tatis it is. Um, all right, Cy Youngs. See, this is where I will give your boy Chris Paddock some love. Ooh, I was going to go the Beebs. Ooh, I, I'm a believer, but I, I think... I'm fine with Chris Paddock. I think Paddock I'm, will I'm, keep the ERA down, and, and that's what... I feel like a lot of voters look at ERA now more than anything. Yep. Uh, who will be named to the most all-star teams in the next 10 seasons? This is an easy one for me. Um, can I double down and say Torres again? Oh, you could, but you'd be wrong because Mike Trout's <laughs> going to get all 10. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I'm just looking at it at the landscape of shortstop position moving forward um, because if Lindor leaves, then that opens up a huge hole for shortstop. Yeah, you're not wrong, but if let's say, okay, God, my absolute worst nightmare, that Lindor goes to the Yankees. Oh, see, that's why they could win a lot of World Series. You're not wrong, but that that would oust uh, Torres for um, those those All Star appearances. That's true. Unless they move him to second base, they would probably just move him back to second. I think I think Mike Trout because right now he's in his prime, and then. At the end of his career, he gets the pity votes. That's true, yeah. He gets the Derek Jeter treatment. I can see it. I the only I, I just I'm wary of outfielders because there's only three spots. I know, like you know what I mean. I mean he gets he's still going like named to the All Star team. You still have, you know the, um. The 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 reserves is what I was looking for. Oh, and the fan votes and all that shit too. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. No. I I think. I think that's a good pick. I'll 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 take Trout with you because I, I like the right. I like the whole pity vote. Let's go quickly because we're up against it now with time uh, through the Bizarro Vault. So uh, these are you know they're more obscure things. Most manager ejections over the next tw- uh, decade: Rick Renteria, Garden Hire Council, Dave Martinez, Dave Bell, Gabe Kapler, Aaron Booney. Oh. Renteria led the league last year, I think. I don't think he's got ten years left in him, so I'm gonna go Boone. Because I think he is entering his managing prime. Yeah, he's coming. I mean, his first two years as a manager, 100 wins. Um, I like Boone, and I also like that the fact that New York managers, if they've had success early, they tend to get a very long leash. Yep. So I, I like that pick. All right, so he's leading the way with 35% of the vote right now. That's the only uh, – the, the bizarro vault is the only one we get percentages on. Which player will get hit by the most pitches in the, over the next decade? Rizzo, Dietrich, Trout, Springer, Yelich, Acuna, Brandon Nimmo. Um, Carlos Correa. 
uh, that wasn't on the list. That's a right in. Bud. Uh, so we're, we'll go. We'll stick with the Astros. Springer is going to get out to a healthy lead after this year. Oh, yeah. Uh, who will play for the most teams, a.k.a. the Edwin Jackson Award? Uh, Cameron <laughs> Mabin, Eduardo Nunez, Billy Hamilton, Jerickson Profar, Justin Wilson, Marco Gonzalez, Yaziel Puig, or the write-in of Edwin Jackson. I think this is Billy Hamilton. Uh, no, I think Billy Hamilton is going to be out of the league soon. Um, Ooh. I, I probably would take... I would take Marvin Gonzalez. I'm okay with that. Um, let's see who's leading the league right now. Puig is leading the way with 28% of the vote. Billy Hamilton is second. Um, position player appearances. Uh, which position player will take the mound the most over the next 10 years? Steve Wilkerson, Anthony Rizzo, uh, Kung Fu Panda, Hernan Perez, Aaron Judge, Bo Bichette. I have no fucking clue. I'm going to go Rizzo. I'll say Bichette just because of his age. Um, right now, Steve Wilkerson, Stevie Wilkerson's leading the way. Bichette is second by less than a percent. Okay. Which pitcher will record the most balks this decade? Matthew Boyd, Garrett Cole, Luis Castillo, Kershaw, Ca- Miguel Castro, Glass now, or Tyler Anderson? Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to vote Garrett Cole just to fuck with you. That's fine. I'm just trying to think of who has like a funky delivery. I'll say Cole too. Fuck it. Glasnow is leading the way with 23%. Sack bonds, which player will lay down the most sack bonds? Kershaw, Delino DeShields, fuck, I hope not. Larry Garcia, Max Scherzer, Adam Eaton, Adalberto Mondesi, Malik Smith. I'm going to vote DeShields just because fuck my life. I'm going to say Mondesi. Uh, Mondesi is leading the way with 24%. Which seri- which team will lose the most World Series over the next decade? Um, I'm voting the Yankees just to fuck you. I'll vote the Dodgers just because they have a good track record. Dodgers is leading. Dodgers, Nationals, Mets, Yankees, White Sox, Brewers, and Braves with the top, uh, with a vote uh, potentials there. Okay. Uh, how many seasons will Mike Trout finish in the top five of MVP voting over the next decade? Three through ten are your options. Uh, six. I went. I'm gonna go seven. Um, ten is leading the way. Wow. With thirty-two percent. Okay. And that is all she wrote on the Bizarro Vault. And that's all she wrote on this episode of Gap to Gap. Seven, it was a pleasure. Oh, yeah, it was great. Hopefully, uh, you know, we're back for next week and the coronavirus hasn't become like a fucking pandemic. On uh, It already is a pandemic. You know, Hopefully it doesn't right. become an epidemic. You're, you're right. So fingers crossed, knock on wood, uh, whatever we have to do. But we'll be back Knock next on week. trash cans. Yeah, wash your fucking hands, people. <laughs> 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 With that... <laughs> We'll hopefully see you next week. <laughs> We're out. See ya. Maybe we be